0: Hello, and welcome to Running in High Heels, a platform, not heel, for the modern woman. I am your host, Megan Lee Putziedlik. We're gonna be going through the second part of our Catch My Grift series, where we explore the world of yoga. What we really wanted to reflect on in this part of the series was the grift that can be sold by a system that promises a certain level of inner peace, prosperity, and purpose, but in actuality creates this dependency state. Yoga studios hold their cards quite tight to their chest when it comes to where their practices come from, what they're rooted in, and what kind of pathways they're having the participants explore. These practices generally revolve around this deep sense of focused intentionality. They're expecting the people who are practicing it to empower themselves and feel powerful in their focused intentionality, but at the same time are kind of hiding the ball when it comes to the roots and the intentions behind these practices. So we're gonna dive right in. Today I'm here with Meredith Howell, who wrote The Subtle Art of Hiding in Plain Sight, Yoga Edition, and Mackenzie Hilton, who wrote Wake Up and Smell the Essential Oil. So we're gonna just do a brief discussion because they released their two pieces. And we've had a lot of different responses and a lot of questions. And instead of releasing another piece, I thought that we would just have a little conversation. So we're going to do a couple questions. And, uh, yeah, so sit back and relax and enjoy the show. I am relaxed. (laughs) Perfect. Did you put on your essential oils?
1: <laughs> yeah, patchouli, <and laughs> right, right on your
0: on your temples. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So obviously, this series is about yoga, and you guys are both two hundred hour certified yoga instructors, mm-hmm. which really means that you have a completely different insight than even just people who drop into a class casually as a way to stay in shape and you know yeah. stretch themselves out. So. Why specifically for this series do you think that it was important to do these pieces for Catch My Grift about your specific experiences
2: and the yoga industry? Yeah, I think oftentimes people will walk into yoga classes expecting to get maybe like a good sweat or workout and not realizing what kind of spiritual and mental assault can come on to them if they're not prepared Mm. so for me starting out I know I literally just went to a yoga class for community and at first it had different elements of it that were kind of circuit training and there was a little bit of yoga but there was cardio and that there were you know a bunch of different movements in it and then I just had one instructor reach out to me and kind of say, hey, I think you have the charisma that it would take to lead a class. And I actually saw it initially as a public speaking challenge and a way to grow almost my confidence in, in that. And when I came to training, I was just completely unprepared for what was about to come, and I think, you know, we'll go into detail about that a little bit more, but yeah, it's just really important to go into these classes knowing full well what you're getting into. Being mindful. So that
0: was Mackenzie. Do you have anything to say, Meredith?
1: I think my experience is similar. I think one thing I would add is, you know, one thing that yoga does help with initially is community, right? A lot of people are looking for a community. You start to feel whole in those environments. For me, I felt like I was like emotionally bankrupt and mm-hmm. there is some relationship equity that's built at the beginning mm-hmm. and that's a positive experience. And I think what I really wanted to highlight is when you're in those states and you're looking for community, you're looking for friendship, for wholeness, there's going to be people and communities that meet you that can take mm-hmm. you places you didn't realize you were going very quickly. You're very highly yeah.
0: susceptible. Yeah. So you mm-hmm. think that this type of community, the yoga community, mm-hmm. especially being at one with a lot of different parts of yourself that are very sensitive, you think that opens them up to a more susceptible state.
1: Yeah. So and that that's yeah. like
0: a more, that was probably why you guys wanted to write about that. Cool. Yeah. So Let's hit the hard stuff first. Obviously, people read this. We focus on yoga in these two pieces, and we got some feedback, and some of it was really about why point out the grift within the yoga studios. In response to anybody who might criticize the topic just being focused on yoga and who recognize that any organization or even organized religious followings can take people to these places or even exploit people in this way what what would you say to those criticisms specifically?
2: I can speak to this one because I got specific feedback from friends and family members around uh, just how really any organization can do the exact same thing you know after initially taking some time to kind of reflect on this and Coming to it in a level-headed manner, I realized that people are broken, right? People are broken and they will let you down and no group that we are ever a part of is going to provide the same type of stable foundation that scripture does. Mm. And so the main thing that I learned from you know assessing it from this angle was that Scripture is the foundation, and you have to go back to the root. And so, in that, you know, we assess the root of yoga. And yoga comes from the Rig Veda and gymnastics, the combination of the two. And so, we started to look into the hidden, you know, maybe dark side of the, the texts in the Rig Veda. And I just want to read a couple lines from the Rig Veda, again, you know, to, to take it back to the root of where yoga stems from. So Rigveda Veda 833-33-34, the mind of a woman cannot be disciplined. She has very little intelligence. Rigveda 5-147, by a girl, by a young woman, or even an aged one, nothing must be done independently even in her own house. So as you can see, some of these lines from the Rig Veda are offensive. You know, again, we just have to take it back to the root text. I'm going to read this one, but you can choose to include it or not to include it. Surely a woman who has changed her clothes at the end of her menstrual period is the most auspicious of women. When she has changed her clothes at the end of her menstrual period, therefore one should approach that splendid woman and invite her to have sex. Should she refuse to consent, he should bribe her. If she still refuses, he should beat her with a stick or with his fists and overpower her, saying, I take away the splendor from you with my fertility and splendor. So growing up, I had heard you know, that the Bible was offensive to women and that women were disrespected, but I, I'd never actually read it myself. And once I started to read the Bible, I, I was hard-pressed to find anything offensive, um, much less as offensive as what I just read from the Rig Veda. So,
0: um, Mackenzie, you really focused on—your uh, your perspective, even in your piece, was you found the truth rooted in Scripture as a Christian, mm-hmm. as a new Christian, but it doesn't really matter when you become a Christian, And you realize in reflection that what you were seeking in something like a yoga, and could be really seeking in anything, was coming up empty. But you didn't know what was missing until you found it within scripture, within Christianity. But then we got Meredith, who her piece really went to the root of of what does it mean that this practice is rooted in these things what does it look like and how does that translate and how do we buy into it and if you want to kind of go again we're looking at the critique of people who might say why pick yoga when you could have literally picked any organization why specifically meredith do you think that it's really important for people to understand the grift that happens within these types of yoga studios
1: What I see in most other organization systems practices is it places ultimate power in man's hand. We just have to read history or look around to see what man does with power, right? Right. And so I felt like when you talk about a grip, like, I felt like a lie was sold, even though it's kind of like when you open a present and it's got, like, pretty wrapping and whatever, and you keep opening boxes and you get down to it, and it's like a piece of coal. Like, that's kind of what it felt like because it was, like, wrapped in these beautiful ideas. You know, I talk about... And f- even, like, self-empowerment. Yeah. Not just,
0: like, a power structure that you play into. They're telling you that you're going to have this all right
1: power. And, People want to hear that. I like, mm. we all loved hearing that. Like, people like to hear good things about themselves. Mm-hmm. But, like, going back to what you said about the foundation, is you got to be careful what your foundation is built on. Like, what happens when you're at the end of yourself, really, though? Because yes. if you read it, it's about how you somehow <laughs> transcend all of reality, mm-hmm. even though you mm-hmm. still exist on this earth. What I found in the Bible and Christianity is it's the only place that can answer all of these hard questions of life, of existence, while we're here, Mm -hmm. answers the question of evil, answers the question of love, purpose, all of it, Mm -hmm. right? Right. If you are transcending this current reality, it actually takes away the ability to love others, the ability to... You
0: talking is pointing out a very stark contradiction, and now I'm thinking about your piece and reading it, is one, it's selling this self-fulfillment enlightenment, Mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong... And that's a grift that is, it's a never-ending pursuit. You can't actually get to the end of it, though they say that they that you can. But you went over it in your peace, that you're detaching from everything that creates this reality. So can you really get there by still being here? Also, though, it's giving you answers with some of these random gods and random mm-hmm. warrior gods and stuff. So they've got, on one hand, saying you are the ultimate... Ruler of yourself and your body and your your empowerment and your enlightenment, mm-hmm. but then also, it's rooted in these salutations or
2: they positions. give you a
0: prescription
1: of mm, how to yeah. tra- like
2: two sides. Yeah, they're, they're
1: playing both sides of the coin here, <laughs> yeah.
2: and it's bringing you back to it's prescriptive self empowerment, basically. Yeah, you know? <laughs> right. Wow, it's bringing you back to the original sin which is you can become god right you can be the and center, center of your so, universe right so hmm. if you think about it then accepting that we're all part of this universal consciousness and we're all tapped into this this one thing and all you have to do is accept and tap into it hmm. to be god it's it's empty it's, it's it's so, it's 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 so close
0: yeah. and then misses a piece, just like yeah. every false, everything is like it tastes like the truth, it looks like the truth, it yeah. smells like the truth, but it's not mm-hmm. quite the truth. Mm-hmm. How sad. Yeah. Interesting. Going off of that, oh, I had another question good. because it was good. I was like, man, <laughs> I, it made me think about a couple other things, yeah. but when you were... So, okay, so let's go back to this. I know Meredith was a Christian before and then did yoga, correct? And... What in those moments, like when you're in the studio and you're teaching, at what points did you go, "Mm, this something, again, going back to that pretty package that you just opened up, but it ends up being cold. At what point did you realize
1: this is not what I thought it was? I had a really hard time with people that were saying the same things that I am saying now. In fact, someone tried to have a conversation with me and said, I wouldn't teach yoga because what if that led someone into Hinduism? Mm -hmm. I would then, you know, have been basically the key to that door, right? If Mm -hmm. I was teaching yoga. And, you know, I kind of ignored that and went ahead and proceeded with teacher training and totally bought into everything. Then I had a friend take my class a couple of times and they said to me, I want you to realize, like, how much you have people's mind and bodies captive within a yoga class. So you need to be careful of what you say. And I I never thought that. Mm -hmm. Like, I never thought Mm -hmm. that I had any sort of... Like, I knew I was saying encouraging things, but I didn't realize, like, the gravity of what I was saying and how Mm -hmm. it could possibly influence people's lives. So when my friend told me this, I'm thinking, wow, I really need to evaluate what I'm teaching, what I'm saying... Oh no, man. It just hit me. I it kind of brought me. that
0: awareness to you. Yeah. Did it really become clear once you accepted that, wow, I have to be intentional and not drag people in directions I didn't realize I was taking?
1: Them. Well, yeah. And then it made me like ask the question why. So I was playing the certain song that is really popular in yoga studios by Krishna Das, and it's. Now I'm gonna forget the name of it, but it's basically I looked up what the lyrics actually meant, and Mm -hmm. it was worship of a Hindu god. Mm -hmm. And it just hit me because I was thinking, I've been playing this worship music to a false god. I guess not I don't know how to say this, but like people coming into class innocently and I'm playing Hindu worship music over them.
0: Right. You so you were a Christian who walked in versus Mackenzie was not practicing or even were you had you even dabbled in Christianity truly as you were in this yoga journey what was the part for you if you don't mind sharing that that kind of made you go this is not ending up where I want it to go
2: uh that was all God because I had to get baptized um Mm. to start to see really the deception that had its grip on me and so it's interesting because there was never really any moment that I started to wake up to this, right? It was God showing himself to me and then having this feeling about maybe one specific training. I thought it was the training that I was a part of. I thought, you know, when I met Meredith, we taught at the same (laughs) studio again, like there are no coincidences with God, but We did go through a similar experience, but it wasn't until we started really diving into those experiences that I understood why I was so broken down and defeated and empty and depressed. And during that time that I was an instructor and again, performing more or less in front of a crowd of 40 or 50 um, and just just empty on the inside. So do you think that you were kind of numb? Absolutely. I was way. asleep. Mm. <laughs> and so the baptism woke me up spiritually. I mean, people talked about that all the time. I didn't know what being a born again Christian meant except for the fact that it's because I grew up atheist, I grew up in a family that didn't 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 guide me in those ways. And I didn't have the understanding of guarding your heart um, against these attacks, Mm. essentially.
1: That was a big thing that I learned, though, is one of the things it teaches you is kind of be open to everything, Mm. you know? And it's like in in the Bible, you know, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Yeah. Discernment, yeah. Well, yes. Like opening yourself up to experiences does inevitably affect you. So yeah. you are supposed to have discernment about mm. those things. But it taught me the opposite, mm-hmm. and I really got hurt in relationships during that. You wow. know, from
2: being so open and accepting right. and taste
1: a little. I think bit she,
2: may little bit she may have just solved. She may have just. You may have just explained something to me right here. Right?
0: Okay, so let's look at this, because obviously we do this series specifically to reach a hand out. We're trying to help people decipher and critically think through things, but what I'm hearing from both of you is almost a numbness that you might not have even been able to recognize. The vowel is really over you, and so what, what would you like... Obviously, people are listening to this, they might not agree at all. They might be Mm -hmm. thinking, you guys are ridiculous for, (laughs) this is just, this is peace-loving, you know, chakra aligning. I don't really know all these terms, but you know what I mean. That it's like, how can you, when you look at everything else in the world and how bad it is, how can you be talking in this way about having these criticisms towards this? So, I guess there's two things. One, what do you hope people get out of this if anything specific. And two, is there anything that you think that you want to say in closing for maybe somebody who really is having that very internal dissonance type of rejection to everything that you're saying? Because what I heard was that you both were in it and numb and blind. So I'm wondering if you even heard this podcast, Would, would you be like, oh, that totally resonates? Or would you just be like, Oh, uh, whatever. They just, they don't understand.
2: Yeah. Okay. Had I heard this when I was still gung-ho in the yoga world? Yeah. Okay. So part of growing up thinking that the Bible was evil and that religion was just out to get my money and that, you know, there there was this attack coming from Christianity mm. was to be incredibly wary of those situations and to recognize hypocrisy and call people out when they weren't kind of walking whatever they were talking okay what I didn't realize is that the yoga world it's almost like it's almost like the talk is the root of what matters regardless of Like scripture is what matters. Scripture is what matters, regardless of what broken humans do. In that, it
0: acknowledges sin. It acknowledges human nature, and okay, so the talk, the blood of Jesus,
2: right? The talk that yoga was was this idealistic way of being that seemed so enticing and great as a as just a way of being.
0: And that you, as a broken person, can fulfill in
1: some
2: some magical right exactly dystopia.
1: Yeah, that's the paradox. Like that's what's so like backwards about it is that it teaches you a way of being that is actually going to eventually cause you pain. Yeah, because like that is not reality. Right, (laughs) right. You have to transcend reality. reality.
2: Yeah, which means you have to
1: like die to everything. Right. Right. Which is weird. Maybe we shouldn't say that because, like, the Bible teaches, like, die to self, like. Yeah. But dying to everything is not the same as dying to self. Right. Because True.
0: dying to everything is literally dying to every input sensory and mm-hmm. everything that has to do with this dimension in existence. And that's mm-hmm. very a totally you're, different you're, expectation yeah. than dying to self.
2: Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You're mm-hmm. choosing not to participate in the world And honestly, that is pretty much impossible to do in our Western society. Right. Like, you have to participate. Right. (laughs) Uh, It might be possible. It's really cutting yourself off
0: from the senses. We've talked about this before. Right. But it's really, and the truth about that is really, you just get really good at recognizing input sensory and then rejecting it as soon as it comes in. You're not actually ever getting to, you get really good, I mean, you hear the stories about those monks who can mm-hmm. do all that, have all that uh, crazy yeah. control yeah. over these things in their mind that controls the body. It's insane. The human body and human mind are powerful, mm-hmm. powerful things. Yeah. So, of course, it seems like if I just strive a little harder, if I just
2: go to a few more yoga classes, right. you know, like I can yeah, I, I can actually
0: transcend this.
2: Right. But And there was a point where, I've talked to you guys about this before, but I was dependent on my practice. And I think that's something that would appeal to me as a practicing yoga instructor student. If I heard this, I would want to reflect on my relationship with yoga and if I was using it as a vice or a way to cope with, daily life mm, okay. because anything that is something again to control yes I would I'd get to the point where if I was stressed at work or in a relationship or something I would say I <laughs> I don't care what gets in my way I am going to get to that studio I'm going to get on my mat and I'm going to practice sweat out half my body weight and solve this problem that way and the issue with that was that I was dependent on the studio, the environment, and executing that workout versus what I've learned to do in prayer, which is if I'm having a difficult conversation, I can pray in the middle of it and get that peace.
0: And surrender it to God. And
2: surrender it to God instead of having to make it to a physical location, do a physical workout, and then release some sort of endorphin energy into the it's it's just a completely different independence that mm. and the freedom that didn't exist before.
0: Hmm. So Meredith, so what is something that you hope people can walk away from listening to this or even even if they're veiled and, and might not hear or understand what we're talking about, is there anything that you think would hit home?
1: I think more than anything and actually some of the responses that we've gotten is just awareness mm-hmm. of the root. Right, Mm -hmm. so there's always fruit to a root or not, but like really pay attention to if I continue to grow my tree off of this root with yoga, with the beliefs of yoga, what does my life end up like? To not just accept ideas because they're in pretty packages, it's like this you know, avoidance of suffering, detachment of suffering. But part of what the Bible teaches us is that suffering is actually necessary, and we know this because mm-hmm. we have been children before mm-hmm. and gone through suffering that taught us. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting
0: because, again, this practice literally asks you to take in the input and then reject it. But then they want you, they bait you, and want you to believe everything that they spoon feed you. So mm-hmm. it's too contradicting ideas. Right. This is so interesting to me because this is like psychological warfare.
2: Yeah.
0: And it turns into such a rabbit hole so quickly. Yeah. Because on one hand, you're completely self-sufficient and have to rely on it's like the ego is inflated. All that I need is within me. Yeah. But then on the other hand you're like so dependent. And You don't have all the answers from within. You have to do all these practices to open and unlock these doors. What a weird contradiction that seems so obvious, but it's not. It's such a paradox.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, because you touched on something really important, and that is that the other side of the coin that we experience, instead of people destroying their own lives, was when actual destruction came into their lives that was significant or not Mm. they could not handle it Mm. right they They had nowhere to turn to and so if it was a relative getting sick anything like that there was no asking for prayers nothing like that it was just complete and utter mental breakdown in the studio
0: because you're not actually your own god
2: exactly wow nowhere to turn to
0: so it's empty in joy and empty in sorrow. Yeah,
2: there's no stability.
1: I think it takes your backbone. I
2: mean, I really,
1: really think that.
0: It's it's empty on it both sides soft. of the spectrum, and the spectrum is where human beings live, you know? We don't have a homeostasis that sticks around for too long. That's the volatility of being a human and mm-hmm. having, you know, our fallen nature, our human nature. So interesting. So this might rub some people in the wrong way. So ladies what were you thinking you want to do a little Q&A section or something
2: live (laughs) so had I heard this just six months ago um, I probably would have turned it off in the first five minutes so if you've gotten this far that's a a good sign Um, (laughs) because really I think I would have had some strong opposition to what we're saying um, I had a, a lot of pride in what I was doing I found identity in it and I again was was veiled and what we would like to do is
1: even if you just go to a yoga studio for exercise and you have questions or if you're someone who is fully bought into this belief system I actually really want to hear your questions I want to know what you're thinking or what stood out to you what you disagree with and just have a conversation. Cool. Well, what we'll
0: do is we'll put a little thing on Instagram and you could submit your questions. I'll have you ladies put it on yours, too. And we'll just make a collective and then do a video answer or perhaps a podcast and video answer. So if you're interested in answering any of those questions, make sure you go follow the Running in High Heels podcast on Instagram to submit the like questions. And, yeah, we're interested to hearing what you guys have to ask
2: and think. thank you guys so much. Bye. Say bye, guys. Bye. Bye.
0: <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in to Running in High Heels. If you like what you hear, please click and subscribe. Give us a like. We're on Instagram at Running in High Heels Podcast. You can also listen to us on iHeartRadio and other podcast streaming platforms. And as always, keep living your beautiful life while running in high heels.